0: Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. If you'd like to turn with me this morning, we're going to start in uh, Ezekiel chapter 16 verse 6. A lot of people use this scripture when there's uh, an excessive bleeding going on that's about all that they know about the scripture some people will read it and they have actually said that blood has stopped when there's blood flowing and somebody's been in an accident and has have any of you ever heard that have any of you ever done that i see some nods back yeah uh, god's word's powerful and so faith is <laughs> whatever your faith is then at the moment you know and, and that faith in god you know anyway but Today, I'm going to be ministering on He Passed By and He Said, Live. Ezekiel 16, 6, Then I passed by and saw you kicking about in your blood. And as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, Live. This is a scene, if you read this text, it's a scene of the mercy of God. And and if you read uh, the chapter before, the chapters after, and you kind of do a little study on Ezekiel, you'll find out... That uh, there was so much unfaithfulness of Jerusalem, and in, in the natural, they deserved nothing but wrath. But instead, he passed by in the mess of their lives. And he passed by he passes by in the messes of our lives. And he says, "Live. This is the judicial, judicial system of our God that He has planned for you and I. We did not know Jesus. we could not hear. His voice with our ears. We were dead to the things of the spirit. And then Jehovah God passed by our lives. By the broken down. By the broken hearted places in our, in our lives. And he said to us. And he says to us again today. If you're here. And you feel that you are not really living. He is saying to you. As his spirit passes by today. In this house. As the anointing of God begins to flow. And it, it did in praise and worship. I thank God that we have praise and worship team that will just worship and lead us into his presence and you got in and you worship the living God and so he has been here and the word that he is saying to us is church I want you to live when Jesus was crucified in the devil remember the story remember it's been preached so many times and we believe it, it is foundation of our faith the devil thought that he had sealed the fate of mankind and then Jesus he, he went to the grave and he walked through hell and he sealed the fate of the devil for eternity while he freed others that were in grave, grave clothes that day he said live. Can you imagine the stirring that went on when the table, the temple was rent, rent from top to bottom uh, when uh, it was torn in two and graves began to pop open. What a scene that was after Jesus was crucified Matthew 27 51 and 53 confirms at that moment the curtain of the temple was torn in two this was no small thing this was a thick heavy thing that was unmovable but when the spirit of the Lord hits something when God shows up and he says I'm going to bring in life to something it will tear it will take that which is broken down I don't know how he can do it I don't know how he can put Humpty Dumpty back together again when all the king's horses and all the king's men cannot because we have scrambled eggs in our life we have a scrambled mess but God said I can come in and I can undo what the devil has meant for for your destruction and I can bring it around and I can bring good out of it the tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life they came out of the tomb and after Jesus resurrected they went into the holy city and they appeared to many people why did they do that just to say choose life he is resurrected he is real on the resurrection morning it was the same voice of power that had spoken in the book of Ezekiel in Ezekiel's time in chapter 16 was that same voice that passed by and said live. It was the same power that brought Jerusalem and favored and brought them back and was trying to bring life back in them. And that's what the amazing story of your life and my life is when we respond to the voice that will cry out and calls out to us today. And that's what he's saying is live. He said to Abby, I want you to live. I want you to live life to the full. I want you to live in the kingdom of God that's full of righteousness and joy in the Holy Ghost. And there's no joy when we're sitting in a jail cell because of a silly mistake that we made. But thank God he can still baptize us and enjoy. He can get, forgive us of our sins and he will wash us away with that one drop of blood of Jesus Christ. And he'll raise us up and he'll say, Abby, I don't see the sin anymore. I see you cleansed. I see you powerful. And to tell my story to a generation that has lost hope. All of us have been rolling around in our blood. And those who saw the us... They saw us in our mess. They saw us in our stuff. They knew us as dead to dreams. You're not, you just sabotaged your whole life. You're not going to amount to anything. Who would want you now? Who would, God can't use you, you're so messed up. So many people sit in the church on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, and they say, God can't use me, I've been so messed up. But God said, yes, you. for you who I came, because you looked through mankind. Man couldn't even get out of the garden, couldn't stay in the garden without messing up. And God says, I've got a plan to redeem my children. I have a, re, a plan to redeem those who are bleeding in life. Remember Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. He was doing a good thing. He was doing a religious thing. He was taking care of all those people that were believing in Jesus Christ. My goodness, they were causing quite an uproar. Saul thought he was doing right. He was going around and he was arresting the saints. Sometimes we think we're so right in our mind, we don't even understand the damage and the hurt that we're doing to people around us that we love. They try to tell us sometimes and we won't listen. They're trying to help us and they're trying to say, if you just make a little bit of Justin, if you just walk out the kingdom of God in front of me, Dad, if you just treat me, Mom, like the word of God that you say come out of your mouth, if you just do that, if you'd show me kingdom living. And see, Saul thought he was doing right. He was just He was just religious. We can come and we can spend all week being religious but not real. A voice from heaven, a greater light than the brightness of the sun causes Saul to come out and say, what do you want? To, what Lord, what do you want to do with me? What is it you're wanting from me, Lord? And a simple message came, he came by and he knocked him off his horse. And sometimes I think, you know, Abby, it's kind of like what happened to you you just kind of got off knocked off your horse of life because we have preconceived ideas of what we think is right and we've all done that sometimes we we have this you know we see it with a very narrow Uh, Our island looks right to us and we don't see the big picture. And sometimes, you know, Saul, God God had a plan for him. He was going to be the author. He was going to be the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament. But when he was Saul, he had no idea. He was just persecuting the Christians because they were getting in way of the message that he knew. They were getting in his way. So he was taking care of them uh, the best way he knew. But then there came that time where he got knocked off of what he believed. And the Spirit of the Lord came by and spoke to him. What do you have? What do you want from me? And Jesus spoke and said, I want you to live. I want life to flow through you. He was blinded so he couldn't see any more of the natural. He was blinded. Oh, we need to be blinded sometimes by the Spirit of God. So that we can quit looking to the right. Quit looking looking to the left, looking at everybody else and everything else, and be blinded and say, God, what is it that you want to do in my life? What is it that you are saying to me? What do you want me to do? Live, Saul, live. When sinners are saved and they come to Jesus, when we ask Jesus into our heart, it's it's solely because God freely does it out of his love for mankind. God so loved the world that He gave. It's the goodness of God that leads men and women to repentance. How are they going to see the goodness of God? They're going to see the goodness of God because they're going to see the kingdom of God everywhere that you walk, everywhere that you go. When you walk out, before you walk out of church today, the kingdom of God should be operating in your life. What is the kingdom of God? It is righteousness. It is joy and full of the Holy Ghost. It means that the fruit of the Spirit is operating in you. When the fruit of the Spirit will operate in you, then eventually the gifts of the Spirit are going to operate in. So many times we just want the power of gifts but we don't want to live right. We don't want to let Jesus' character to shine through us. But when we let the fruit of the Spirit, the goodness of God. See, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. People, oh, a healing is wonderful. It's going to get their attention and they're going to see that God is good. But I tell you you what you take them some sugar when they need some sugar you take them something to eat when they need something to eat you give them a hug you give them an encouraging word or you begin to tell them say I once was lost but now I'm found you begin to tell them about the goodness of God but not only tell them when you walked into the room the atmosphere changed and it didn't stink it smelled good It smelled like the presence of the Lord. There's peace about that young lady. I don't know what it is about her. But when she comes around, I feel peaceful. There's something about that young man that that you can tell that there's there's a calmness about him. There's something about him, the gentleness, that isn't natural. See, church, he says, live. I came to give you life and I came to give it to you more abundantly. Abundantly isn't just finances. In fact, it's way down there on the list because my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus and he will use money as a means of exchange and when I need it, I'll have it and if I can handle more, I'll have that too and if I can have storehouses and not be stingy, I can have that too. If I'm going to help, With the kingdom of God. But the thing of it is. He is more than enough for every situation. That I have in my life. What is abundant living? It's how I walk. It's how I talk. It's what I share. It's what I give. And it's not that I give it. Things away in the natural all the time. But I give of myself. Something that only he. Can work through me. that will be any good can people eat off the fruit of the tree of life inside of you we are debtors to grace to live out our lives with purpose to tell his story in and through our lives I believe with all of my heart that we are living in a pivotal time of life I believe that you and I everyone here can be history makers there are things that are happening around the world and in our nation that will go down in history as examples to the generations behind us. I believe that, I believe that if Jesus does not come, that these last few years will be recorded as something very strange and very different. It will be recorded by different uh, people, historians in different ways, but it will go down. Some would call it a watershed moment, which means a point in time that often marks a historical change. The original use of watershed describes a ridge of land that was separating waters. And then it was to, the waters were together and then it would begin to separate. It would begin to go and it would eventually become two bodies. It would be different, but it would make a mark, a change in the course of history. We were not created to, uh, to wander aimlessly around through life. And so I believe that this, yes, this is a defining hour for us, Abby. I believe that this is a time when God is speaking individually to us and And say, I want you to live. I believe that he's speaking to families and say, I want you to have life. In your house, I want you to live in the middle of your mess. I have come by to bring salvation to your household. If it is confusing all the time, I want to bring life to you. If it uh, doesn't have any peace, I want to bring some peace in that house. I want the joy of the Lord to flow and stream throughout your house. He has come to your house and He says, I want you to live. I want those things which are keep being uh, coming up, those things that we keep trying to pollute the stream of God in your house. I say, Live and allow me to work in your lives. Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, Then if my people will humble themselves and pray, if they will search for me, if we will turn from those things that aren't of God, those things, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, long-suffering, and so on and so forth, We'll search for him. And you know what? We can't do those because I'll tell you what, our flesh, it's a bad boy and girl. It likes what it likes. And young people, if you'll get a revelation while you're young that you got to put a leash on it, that you got to tell it no, and you got to make some guidelines and say, uh-uh, you can't walk over that seed, church. We have walked over so many lines, we don't even feel the spirit of God anymore. We wonder where he went. Why don't I feel the spirit? Why don't I feel the presence of God? Because the flesh makes so much noise and does its own thing, it doesn't feel conviction anymore. You can holler and yell and scream and cuss at your family so long that you don't. You can sit in a service like this and you'll say, "Boy, I wish they'd teach on the power of God." Well, I'm, t- I'm telling you what it takes the power of God to w- to live in the Holy Spirit and allow the Spirit of God to flow through you and to be the men and women that God has called us to be. See, we don't want to hear that, but th- but that's the that's that's living righteousness and peace and living in the Holy Ghost. We gotta pray, pray, pray. Every one of us, I can't do your praying for you and you can't do it for me. We can pray for each other. But the bottom line is we are required to call out to God. Jesus came to the earth as a tipping point to bring a watershed moment to the church of God. To bring about change. To bring about it at home. The calls of Christ can change a generation. What we do now, what we're doing today can change a new generation. We are The defining factor. It's not God that's going to be the change because see, He changes not. He said, I came to give you life, give it abundant. I gave you Jesus Christ to bring change where you cannot get it change in your life. I passed by and I said, Live because you can't live on your own. You need me, you need the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. Your testimony that you give to others is a defining factor in giving hope to someone that does not have any hope. Remember when the Jesus, when the The women went to the tomb to anoint Jesus with the perfumes and the spices. There was an intervention because he was not there. He had said three days, I will rise again it meant resurrecting of dead things. There are dead things that are living in homes. They're living in individuals, living in ministries, living in churches. But I believe that God is wanting to resurrect those dead desires, those dreams that we think can happen. God has not done everything that he wants to do in you. He's not done everything that he wants to do in our families. He's not done everything that he wants to do with us as a church in this community. The task is not completed yet, solid rock. Do you know that in mining for gold, there's a lot of dirt that has to be removed to get one ounce of gold? I don't know exactly how much. You know, it changes on where you're digging at and how much. But regardless of where it has been, the value of the gold is still the same. When you get it out, it's still very valuable. And God says, no matter where you have been, you are worth keeping. No matter what's going on in your life, you are worth keeping. Hallelujah. The altar in your life will save your life. Do you know that? When we... Aren't afraid to crawl upon the altar of sacrifice. Abraham laid Isaac on the altar. I believe that an altar is necessary because it sends to heaven a sweet smell of fragrance to the Father. Remember how in the wilderness when Jesus was there, the tempter came to torment him. And Jesus used the word on him. He would say, it is written. And every time he would say that, the devil would back off. Satan came with the word. And Jesus would use the word, the authority of the word again. Satan wanted him to bow but he would not bow. He just used the word and that's what we do when Satan comes. But remember that when Jesus went to the garden it was hard. Jesus was in agony. Remember the difference in the two. In the wilderness Jesus was dealing with the devil. Oh it's easy to say the word of God says get out of my house. Get behind me Satan. I speak to you in the name of Jesus. I have authority over you because of what Jesus Christ has done because of the work that he did and yet yes, we do. And the enemy has to run and flee. Well, it becomes a little bit different then. Notice that in the garden, Jesus was dealing with himself. He was dealing with his flesh. He was dealing with his mind. and But he had to make a choice. And he chose to live through his death. We have to change our mind. To We have to use our mind to change our mind. And that's why we find out sometimes some people can't change. Do you know if Saul hadn't got knocked off his horse? I don't think he would have ever changed he would still he would have lived out his days thinking that he was doing the right thing because he was religious God says I didn't call you to be religious I called you to be saved I called you to be free a free of your flesh to cause you embarrassment all the time I caused you I, I I set you free redeemed you so that you could live victoriously Over death, hell, and the grave. Because, see, if your life every day is a living hell at home, something's not lining up with the word of God. Jesus had to deal with his flesh. He had to make that change. It's a contrite, uh, broken spirit that he uses. Where is our altars of sacrifice? The Old Testament. The stench. A burning flesh and the smell of death was an aroma to God. Remember David who desired to build a house for the, for the Lord. And the prophet said, David, you're not going to build the house. It's not going to be you. It will be the next generation, said the prophet to him. It's going to be your son. Solomon built the house, the temple. It took him 13 years, but he did. He sacrificed 22,000 oxen, 120,000 sheep and goats, and every drop of blood that was shed was a sweet fragrance to God. It was a foreshadow of what was to come. And the beauty of it is it only took one drop. One drop from Jesus to save you and I. Just one drop. That was all that was necessary. No more bulls, no more goats, no more sheep. But one drop was the ultimate sacrifice. David died with his stables full of oxen. But something that Solomon got the inheritance, yes, he left him a great inheritance. What did he leave it for? To build the temple of God? He didn't didn't leave it for him to go spend on himself. You know, Solomon wasted a lot of daddy's money. But he did build the temple of God. But you know what he got more than anything? He got David's heart. A heart after God. Because Solomon knew right from wrong. So when that daughter or that son is doing something that they shouldn't be doing, they want to get back to the house of God. Huh, Abby? They want to get back to that place of refuge. They want to get back to where they heard that they could live and not die in their mess. Your kids... You live them your money and they're going to spend it. But you leave them a heart after God. And it will keep them when the money is all gone. And I'm not saying don't live them an inheritance, but give them something they can keep. Because I tell you what, my daddy... The life that he lived and the way he lived has kept me through life and kept me through the storms and it has kept me from saying die but when the spirit of God has blown through my life in times where in the natural, in the flesh, all I wanted to do was crawl in a hole and die he would say darling live and I would get up out of my messes of life and he would breathe new life into me and I'd walk forward full of the Holy Ghost and power in my life. That's how I could smile when everything in the natural didn't seem like I should smile that's why I could be kind to someone else when maybe I wasn't being kind to but I'm telling you that it works life in Christ works deliverance works our testimonies can work to the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life we are his witnesses will you be willing to make Jesus famous in Farmington in Park Hills in Bonterre in Delos? Whatever city you live in, I believe God is in the local church. I believe that that's why we come together, so we can learn, and so we can be encouraged, so we can grow together, so that we can go out and reach the lost. See, I believe that God put the local church in the community. There's a lot of them here, and I'm glad they're here. It's good that they're here. Every one of them, if they're preaching the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm glad they're here because they'll reach people that you and I will never reach. You can only go out and reach those that you come in contact with. But in this house, we have babies, we have juniors, we have teens, we have young adults, we have middle-aged group, and we have the seniors. Our target group is anyone that is alive, anyone that is breathing. We have to tell the story of the Lord Jesus Christ to And we can say, can I do it? Sure, you can do it. Joel 2, 28 and 29 says, then after. What was it after? It's after they turned their heart to God. They repented. See, God's looking for repentance. If you don't feel God, let's repent. If we don't feel God, let's repent and say, I need you more than anything. I want to live and walk in your spirit. I want to live according to your word, not my will, O God, but yours be done. Then after I have poured out my rains again, I will pour out of my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit on servants, men and women alike. Jesus broke down the genders barrier. He broke down the generational barrier. He broke down the racial barrier. He broke down all the barriers that we can use for excuses. And he's looking for someone to tell his goodness in their life. He wants you to walk by their life because, see, you represent Jesus. And he wants you to speak through your life. Live. Live. Because they're looking for life out there. They're looking, as we're getting ready to close here in just a minute, looking for those who will love the unlovely he's looking for those who will bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted they're everywhere around us on every street corner everywhere you turn when you go to the grocery store they're there possibly they're living in your home possibly you are that one waiting for someone to say live that's why we're preaching today that's why we're telling you we're proclaiming that he said live when God delivers you And he delivers me and he sets us free. Nick, would you come to the keyboard? We need to stay steadfast and unmovable and unshakable in him. See, history is recorded in lifetime. But do you know that history happened in moments? Watershed moments, changing moments. Things that change our life forever. We're so afraid of things that change our lives forever. Because we get real familiar with the way things are. But let's make every minute count. Because he's asking us, what are you doing with your moments? Let's don't waste them by being tricked into letting the little foxes destroy the vines of our life. We got to run the race well. See, I don't know. We're the last generation, or there's another generation, doesn't really matter. But we need to run the race well. Apostle Paul was longing for the church to grow into maturity. You read the New Testament, he had to grow up. He was a mess, wasn't he? He was wallowing around in his mess when the Spirit of God came and said, Saul, lift, change your way of thinking, change your way of living. There's something to be said for people that stay focused on Christ and stay focused in life. Because see, grass is greener over the septic tanks. If you don't believe that, come out to m- we just We just decided to have a bird sanctuary right out there toward the end because Dwayne can't get anywhere close. I mean, it's growing up high. It's wonderful. No, it's not. may look all right, but the truth is life is messy. And don't be running from mess. We clean up mess. This life isn't going to be perfect. People who know how to stick things out, people who know how to have eyes to see through eyes of faith, See, you all are messy, but you're worth it. What you are willing to stay for, you will possess. (laughs) That's right, it's a good one. Faith is always in present tense. Now, faith is. We access God by faith. I have found something out. And you all listen real well. This is what he says to me. darling. I'm never impressed by your whining. Now, maybe he likes yours, but he doesn't care about mine. He's never been impressed by that, ever. No matter how many times I've went to him and I said, God, this is not fair. And he's like, fair? You're right. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to change? Are you going to wallow? Moments. Moments are ticking away. Moments of our life that we cannot get back. Moments will I blame somebody else and I want them to get fixed so I can go on with life. Moments. Moments. What are we doing with our moments? How well can you stick to the plan? See your life and your testimonies declaring to someone every day live. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was I was blind, but now I see because the word passed by and it did it more than once in my life, but I had to listen. He spoke to me when I had a nervous breakdown. And I was coming to Farmington, Missouri to the state hospital because there was nowhere else for me to go. And he spoke down, came by on a Sunday morning, and he said, Darling, do you want to live or do you want to die? I hope you choose life. Live, darling, live. I chose life. Many times since situations that would be overwhelming. And I'd say, how in the world are we ever going to get out of this? How in the world are we going to get past this, God? Look what they've done this time. Poor darling. What do you want to do about it? I want to live. He says, then live. Proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ that I'm alive and I'm well. That there's a good hope in your future as well as everybody you come in contact. Take me to where they are. If they don't come to you, you go to them. You tell them the covering of the blood of Jesus over our nakedness, over our shame. There's something about faithfulness when it's easier to go, but you're pressed to stay. Now, that's an interesting thing. I just jotted this note down a while ago. It wasn't in my, it wasn't in my notes from last night. But I was thinking about this on the way to church. That old song, I heard a, an old Pentecostal preacher sing it a long, long time ago. I promise you I'm winding down here. Sometimes these wind downs are better than the whole message. I got that from Pastor Rose. No, he didn't make that statement. He'll use it now. I know he will. He has first closing, second closing. I only closed once. And that's the only one you got. (laughs) We've been pressed many times to run. But there was an old Pentecostal preacher, evangelist, that sung an old song. I remember him singing on a street corner. I couldn't tell you what his name is, but I remember him singing, sweating like that. That Tiffy said she was earlier because I don't talk like that and I didn't t- teach her to. I promise you. Mm-mm. But I, she's my sweet daughter. I love her. She makes me laugh. And we need that in our life. Yeah, we need to loosen up a little bit. She makes me loosen up. Um, he was singing, you can run if you want to. Run if you will. But I've come here to stay. It's not a recreation, brother. It's not a game. See, life is not a game. It's an important journey. It's moments. And I chose to use up a lot of my moments wrongly. But because he passed by and said, live I do my very best to lift my moments more rightly. And when I don't, I have given the Holy Spirit access to convict my heart. If your heart is not convicted and doesn't smite you when you sin, find you a fresh new altar of forgiveness because we've become hardened. But many times we were even offered new platforms, Pastor and I, to go preach. We've been told, why would you stay in Farmington, Missouri? All you know, you could be patted on the back. You can be saying, if you were here or you were there, but God sent us to Farmington. And there's something I didn't want to miss what God had to say if I needed to be here and I was over there. How can God find a couple In Farmington, when the only reason I was going to have this address was because of the state hospital. Isn't that funny? I always get so excited about that. That was the only place to send me because I didn't have insurance for anything else. (laughs) The Spirit of God came by and said, "Darling, live. You don't have to roll around in your blood. Live. One drop of blood covers every event of your life. No matter where you're at right now. And here I've got to spend 31 years. This week is our anniversary. 31 years. With an imperfect man and an imperfect woman. But faith in a God that was perfected. (laughs) And he took out all the pride that thought, well, we should be preaching to a crowd of 3,000. We should be preaching. We should do this and that. And when we shut up, he says, okay, I know where you're at. I can send you here and I can send you there. I can do more with you from Farmington, Missouri than I could have if you'd been out there. And I'll raise up so many young ones. And I'll take them to places you could never go. You can multiply yourself much easier from here than you could there. So remember... God knows how to expand your ministry from where you are at because he knows your location. Be happy. Live him out in your daily life. Make him famous. When you walk into the room, people want to be around you. I don't care where you're working at. I don't care what you're doing. They want to be around you because the spirit of God is operating in you. And it brings them peace. It brings them comfort. It teaches them something in just moments that they haven't learned in years and years. And at those moments, it passed by. Would you stand to your feet? You're not who you used to be. Remember I spoke to you about laying yourself before him. An altar a sacrifice and worship unto him. Kathy came in this morning. It was a sacrifice to praise. It was a sacrifice to worship. It's an humbling thing. He said, If my people who are called by name, that's me, that's you, will humble ourselves. Ezekiel chapter 16, if you'd read on down, verse 15. You would read if you'd read in between where I read. You read that chapter it's quite interesting. He made them beautiful. He makes us beautiful because see we take on the garment of praise. That's the right. That's the right dress to wear. We can wear that everywhere we get go. What makes you so happy? God's just good. But in 15, the first part, it said, you trusted in your beauty and you used your fame. In other words, you thought you did it and they got back in trouble. I know that some here feel like you're in the wilderness of life and you feel like there's giants all over your land, everywhere you turn. But I have some good news for you today. If you're facing giants, you are not in the wilderness. Because there were no giants in the wilderness. It means that if you're facing giants. It's because you've reached the promised lands. And the giants don't want you. To have the territory. That Jesus paid the ultimate price for. It belongs to you. Today he's passing by our lives. Today he's saying young and old I want you to live when you live you want a revival started you want others to want what you've got fall in love with Jesus fall in love with his people fall in love and live him out he passed by and he said I saw you in your blood and I said live to every one of you today Jesus is saying, live. Live my abundant life. My abundant life. If we start walking in it, we're going to be the happiest people in the world. They're going to know we're, we're living an abundant life. Because they can't get up out of the morning, out of the bed in the morning without being upset, cussing, cursing. Making their children hurt and mad. Their children are mad and screaming. It's because their home is not walking in kingdom living. All kingdom living. You want kingdom living. You got the keys to the kingdom, and there's a lot of keys to the kingdom. And God says, "I want to use the willing, the willing to let their flesh be sacrificed to the will of the Father." If you're in this house today, and there are situations, and you're in wilderness. I want to just speak over you. I want to speak over your households today. I want to speak life. I speak to everything that is not of God. I speak life and I say live. I speak to marriages and I say live. I speak to discouragement, and I say, live. I speak to pride and jealousy, and I say, live. I speak to sickness and disease, and I say, live in the name of Jesus. I speak to relationships and hardness of spirit, and say, live. breath of God. Live on your life. To every tired place in your life. Some of you are so tired. So weary because we live in this flesh and we take on so many fleshly things. But he wants to say today to you live. He's breathing life into this congregation and saying live. (laughs) Live. 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 Because I've removed all the shame. I've removed the pain of your failures. Everything that you can't fix. Trust me. Trust me. If you're in this house today and you don't know Jesus Christ, today's a good day to let the breath of life blow and raise you up in his resurrected life. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to, as Nick begins to sing, I'm going to ask you to make that walk to the front and say, today, I want to give my heart, my life to Jesus. Too long, I've let my shame, too long, I've let my flesh rule, too long, my thoughts Have not been God's thoughts. They've been my thoughts. That's it. They're my thoughts. But today I'm bringing them. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We say come today. Would you come and give your heart and your life. Would you come and walk to the front. And let us pray with you. And say yes to Jesus. Say yes because he's speaking life. He's saying live daughter live. He's saying, live, son, live. He's saying, live. The second call today, maybe you're in this house. There's been so many things of your life. Some areas that you just need the breath of God to breathe on today. He's saying, live. Would you come and we'll pray with you? thank you for joining us today at at the table with darlene we'd love to hear from you email us at rock at gmail.com let us know any topics you would like to hear from at the table can also check us out at DarleneRhodes.org. Also at WAWMinistries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At the Table with Darlene.